0: Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this morning. Certainly has been a sweet service, a sweet weekend. I love what God's doing in our church and individual lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll get into reading a couple verses out of this uh, great chapter. I have quite a few comments I want to make before I get to uh, the scripture. Nothing can bring greater joy in your life than to be used by God for a greater purpose that is bigger than yourself. Nothing comes close. When you know God is using you, it is one of the greatest feeling, thoughts, and memories. I know why I am here. I sense My purpose is being fulfilled. It it is the best moment when you you know life is, and your life is making an internal difference. Now, if we live for ourselves, we're going to live an unfulfilled life. A life that is frustrated, a life that you'll become bored with because you're you're not that big of a cause to live for. (laughs) I'm sorry to tell you that. You need something bigger than yourself. You need a bigger purpose than who you are or what you want to do. You know, Solomon, who was at the, uh, in his days the wisest and the richest man, and he said this in Ecclesiastes, a real... A real meaningful life is more than just getting a good education, to get a good job, to make good money, and have a family that you retire from, and you die. Life is more than that. Solomon said that this lifestyle is a vexation of your spirit. It's nothing. It's meaningless. In the message it describes is a little bit more colorful. It says of this vexation, it has the idea of smoke. You know, it's like smoke. It's there, but there's really, there's no fire there. It's just smoke. Uh, It also goes on to describe it a little bit later on of this uh, uh, as spitting in the wind. (laughs) Have you ever spat in the wind? (laughs) It's useless to do that. We don't need to do that. We don't want to do that. Neither do we want to have a life that has no meaning, that in the end, it's nothing. It's just smoke. Listen, your value is much more important than your career. Your value is greater than what you can do or make or where you live or what you drive, what is in your 401k. You are greater than what this life can offer. You're of great value. You see, you and I have been created by God for a divine purpose, and God wants to use you. It says it clearly as Paul's writing to the Romans. He says in chapter 6 and verse 13, he says, Give yourselves to God. Love the testimony that Kevin presented, as well as Tammy presented, that there was a time in their life, yeah, they became a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, but there was a time in their life when they said, God, I'm all in. I'm not 50%, I'm not 75%, I'm not 88.9%, I am 100%. God, I'm all in, use me how you want me to use that to be. God wants to use us. Have you ever gave yourself to God? Have you ever said, God, I'm all in. I'm surrendered, I'll do what you want me to do, God, use me. Best thing you could ever do, and the most thrilling decision in your life is when you say, God, I give myself to be used by you. God, use me. Here I am. No questions. I'll sign at the bottom line, you fill in anything up above that. I am yours. You know, I think many people secretly fear that God couldn't really use them. Or, or maybe God wouldn't want to. God wouldn't want to use me. I look at myself in the mirror, and I view my, uh, who I am, and I take inventory, and I compare myself, and I do all these things, and why would God want to use me? Many people feel disqualified from being used by God, that we are disqualified by our mistakes. Some of us, I'm, I'm raising both of my hands, have made dumb, dumb mistakes. Dumb mistakes. Can I get an amen on that one? <laughs> we've all been there. We all have a past, and and and, and we've done those uh, dumb things. We we have sins of the past. Uh, maybe you're here, and you you've done some some very horrible things, and experienced some some very terrible things, and and. and Uh, You've been places where where you shouldn't have been, and and you were there, and you've done things that you shouldn't have done, and you uh, have those things in your past. Maybe you have a closet full of things that you want to keep that door shut of your past. Perhaps you were abused, or maybe you was the abuser. Maybe you look at your past and things that you've done and, and been involved in, and it says to you that... You're disqualified. Let me tell you, my friend, not so. Not true at all. That's wrong thinking. God wants to use all of us, including our past. It doesn't disqualify you. In fact, I'll give you a secret here. It will actually qualify you to be used in a powerful way the things that you think are Disqualifying. We got to get past that. Okay, we say, well, I know that this okay, I get that, but maybe someone is thinking about they're unqualified. I, I don't have the right personality. And you know, I don't have the height of Kevin, <laughs> I, I, I don't have the hair like Kevin. I don't have the education. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the ability. I didn't grow up in a healthy family. I didn't grow, I wasn't raised in church. I'm not talented enough. I'm not married. I am married. (laughs) I'm too young, too old, too weak, not healthy enough. My ears are too big, what, whatever. We think that we're unqualified. Now we're saying that. God isn't saying that. We're saying that. God says He wants to use you. He wants to use you as you are. He you know, listen, you know, when we became uh, a follower of Jesus Christ, when we gave our heart to God. You don't remember any qualification test that you had to take to become a child of God? There was, no, there was no disqualifying or qualifying to become a child of God. This is the heart of God, that he came and to seek that which was lost. He has the desire to love and see everyone have a relationship with himself, and he went to the very depth of sending his son as a sacrifice so that you and I could have the means to have this relationship with God. We could have our sins forgiven. We could have that. He went through that means. That same heartbeat that God has says, come unto me, all you that are laden, all the burden, and I will give you rest. This is his heart. So when we look at qualifications when we look at disqualifications, God wants to use you with whatever you are and whoever you are, and whatever your past is, whatever your present is, and whatever your future is. You see, I think sometimes we look at God as that he has his team, this team, and he's putting together this team to do his plan and his purpose in this life, and, and that we have to have a tryout and, uh, if we're going to make the team. All right, so, so um, we, we go to this process and think, okay, to be used of God, to be used of God like Kevin, to be used of God like, like uh, one of these guys up here on the worship team, you got to go through this process. And, and I don't know if God can use me. My friend, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are on the team already. You just don't know it. In your mind, you're sitting on the bench, but God sees you on the field and in the game. So be engaged in what he wants to do in your life. He wants to use you. I love that old invitation song. We haven't sang it around here in a long time, but, but it also is, is that he wants you just as I am. Just as you are. And he says, you're on the team. He wants to use you. Well, those who secretly fear that they are disqualified or unqualified to be used by God. Listen, when you examine one of the greatest men in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, all these objections of why God can't use me fall flat like the walls of Jericho. God brings them down. When we study the life of the Apostle Paul, what happens is that when we study it and we grasp what Paul was before he became a, a great evangelist, a church planner, a great preacher of the gospel, a, a great believer, when we understand how Paul had this past and the things that he was involved, we, we will have a shift in our mind that if, Paul, if you can use Paul, you can use me. The why I can't be used of God turns into why I can be used of God." And Paul said so Paul is one of the greatest men in the Bible. God used Paul to write 14 of the 27 books of the New Testament. 51 percent of the books in the New Testament were written by one man, Paul. Now the other 13 or the other 49 percent of the New Testament were written by seven different men, of course, inspired by the Holy Spirit in each of these men's life. Paul planted more churches than any other person in the Bible, probably anywhere from 14 to some, say, up to 20. He was, uh, he was um, uh, impacted at least four continents, maybe more, maybe less, but he impacted several continents with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the apostle Paul. The point I'm trying to make is that God used Paul in a great way and here's the inter- interesting thing to sit up and take note is that Paul had a really, really, really dark past. You see the your thing that is in your mind that secretly whispers, God can't use you. You're disqualified. You, you know your past. You know what you've done. You know what you've said. You know where you've been. You, you know these things. If you would check Paul's life, or other great people of the Bible, you would find that they have a similar past as well, and God used them, and God wants to use you as well. Paul could have been a spokesperson, why God can't use a person. How could Paul consider himself to be worthy to be used of God? How could he do that? Paul's writing this letter in church at Corinth and there is a couple things I want to bring out in chapter 4 about the Apostle Paul that he knew he could be used by God and that God wanted to use him. I think it's important for us to know these things. Let me give you two of them. There are others, but let me give you two of them. First of all, as we go into chapter 4 and verse 1, I want you to understand, it says that, Therefore, since we have this ministry, now when we talk about ministry, ministry, this is another word for service. And we each of if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, like I said earlier, you're on a team. You're you're in a ministry. And whether you believe that or not, God wants to use you have a ministry. Now it may not be um, like Kevin, like a pastor uh, of a church or the gospel preaching the gospel, may not be that, but God wants to use you, you do have a ministry. And and not just here in this uh, four walls here, you have a ministry out there as well. Every time you serve somebody, that is ministering to someone. Now, here's what Paul's saying. He says, we have this ministry as we have received mercy. And the ESV says, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, reason we have this ministry is because of the mercy of God. Now, this is an important point. It's the basis of how and why we can do ministry. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this. Never forget, it is all because of God's mercy. It is from the platform of mercy that we serve, that we minister. Never forget, as a believer, it is all because of God's mercy. God can use you because not of anything that you have done, but because of the mercy of God. We serve a merciful, merciful God. We have been given mercy to be used by God. We serve others by God's mercy. We worship by God's mercy. We are witnesses to others by the mercy of God. Out of the mercy of God, we are used, and this is huge for us. Out of the mercy of God. I know this would be true, Mac and Kevin, most of the times we feel disqualified and underqualified to be a pastor. But you see, we are not pastors because whether we feel qualified or disqualified, we're not a pastor. we're a, a pastor by the mercy of God. We stand and preach the word of God not because that we think that we have life and we have it all together, we don't many times. We have the same struggles as you have, the same tensions in life, with the same uh, struggles of faith, the same disciplined things that you, uh, you wrestle with that are uh, disciplines in your life. We have those same things, And how can we come to you and say from the word of God and preach to you and and tell you these things and be a spiritually is because of the mercy of God. And the only way that you can serve and minister to others is by the mercy of God. We have the mercy of God. Paul is saying, I'm used by God because of his mercy. God will use you. And when he does, it'll be by the mercy of God. And when we understand mercy, that this is how God uses us, we don't have to qualify ourselves by our performance. We don't have to be stuck in our past by mistakes and the things and the what ifs and should ofs. Our history is a mute point because of the mercy of God. God has shown us mercy. Well, some would say, well, I hear you, PG. <laughs> I hear you, but you just don't know my past. And Paul's past was very dark. I won't turn there, but I'll give you a reference in Galatians chapter 1. He talks about to the church of Galatians. He said, he said to them, you know how I persecuted the church and how I tried to destroy it. Now, here's what this is mean. For us today, it would be like a a terrorist. It would be like a spiritual terrorist that that has a belief system and would go in and shut down places of worship and drag people out to be executed and to to separate uh, families and husbands from wives and, and parents from their children. He would do that this is the Apostle Paul. Now we're talking about the greatest men in the New Testament preaching the gospel outside of Jesus Christ and Pres. John the Baptist. In your past, now, if if you answer this, I don't want to know this answer. But how many Christians have you killed? <laughs> and if you have, I don't want to know. How many churches have you destroyed? How many families have you caused husbands and wives to be separated and children to be separated from their parents? Screaming and kicking and begging for mercy. How many have you? I say none of us. And praise God for that. But this is the Apostle Paul, how God in his mercy used Paul And I think if we can wrap our mind around this, how God used Paul and how he can use us as well, is by the mercy of God. In verse 15 of Galatians chapter 1, he he talks about God says uh, to to Apostle Paul, uh, Paul saying, God knew me. in the womb and, and by his grace he had already had his plans for me. Now here this is the thing that's going to blow your mind. He knew Paul would be the persecutor of the church we'd kill Christians. he knew that and yet he had these plans already in mind. He already knew that and yet he called Paul and used Paul. I'm just saying it. You know, God knows what's past. he also knows this listen. Kevin, I know this is true of my life, and I'm sure Matt could agree. Kevin, you're going to do some dumb things in the future as a pastor. <laughs> you are. And God already knows that, and yet he still calls us. Isn't that a cool thing? That, that God knows that already how we're going to operate and the decisions and the things that we have done or will do in the future. And yet he calls us to this. So to say that you're going to not do it by hiding in the past, God already knows. He already knows what you're going to be doing. And he still, by his mercy, wants to use us. Listen to the famous people in the Bible that God has used. Abraham, who was 90 years old, really was... Uh, was at that age when he started to be really just give it all to God and God used him in a powerful way. And perhaps people could say that maybe he has a wasted years, you know, until that time. Never too old to be used by God in a powerful way. Jacob, uh, who was a chronic liar, God used him. Leah, who was unattractive, but God still used her. Joseph had been abused by family members. Gideon was extremely poor. Samson was wild and rebellious, chasing women, and all that came with that. And yet God used Samson. Rahab was a prostitute. God placed, placed her in the Hall of Fame and in, in, Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Jonah ran from God, was fearful and rebellious. Elijah experienced depression. David had an affair with a woman and then had her husband killed. We would think God couldn't use David, but God did use David, and he wrote most of the Psalms. Peter was impulsive and had angry issues, denied Jesus Christ when Christ needed him most, and yet God used Peter in a powerful way. Martha, who worried a lot, and yet God used her. Thomas had doubts in his mind, and Timothy, who was young and and timid and insecure, and yet God used Timothy. David, Paul, Moses, great men of the Bible, they were all men who had committed murder. Now tell me why God can't use you. God can use us, and he uses us by the mercy of God. If you're writing down things, I like think this is one you could write down and think about. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Every saint, no one among us is perfect. We all have past and every sinner has a future. I want to give you a second thing before we close here. In verse 2 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitful, but by manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Paul's saying, you know, when we stand before we're not gonna, we're not gonna put smoke and mirrors, we're not gonna, you know, connive, use trickery and deception. We're gonna come to you and we're gonna be authentic, we're gonna be real. We're going to be truthful. Uh, It's not going to be any gray areas. We're going to just be black and white. Here we are. This is who we are. So second thing, God wants to use you. Never forget that we're used by the mercy of God. You must be real. You have to be authentic. You can't be someone you're not to be used by God you must be real and authentic in the in the living translation it says showing people who you really are it says that in verse 2 God wants you to use you listen the real you just as you are he doesn't want you to pretend to be someone else or wish you were somebody else or try to be somebody like God, God wants to use you in ministering to people, we can puff up ourselves and make ourselves look great. And, but when we do that, people disconnect from us. It could be out of jealousy. It could be. The, it could be even they they think that we're an alien from a different world. You're not living in my world. You don't. You cannot connect with what what I'm going through. To be used to God is an authentic person who is real who's transparent and honest in who they are when Cindy and I do uh, marriage counseling and someone is sitting there and they're struggling in their marriage and the couple's there and so you know we don't come across as ha- and telling them how great a marriage uh, we have and and, and we don't go all to the flowery things and the good times that we have. We don't start that way off as, as all. But what, what we do is when we sit down with a the, the person in marriage counseling, and we want to be used to God in their life. And so what we do, we start pulling out some of the things that uh, we have gone through and are broken us. We share in things like, you know, hey, early in our marriage, we, we were separated. And we almost got a divorce. We've been married 37 years now. Did I get that right? In May 22nd. I'm on a roll there. See how great I am? We don't start off with giving the, the high lofty view of our marriage, that authentic realness is powerful, and it opens up their hearts, and they identify with, they connect with that brokenness, because they sit in a broken place. This is powerful. If you want to be used by God, it's not playing games. It's not putting on a facade It's not trying to make yourself look like you're somebody who you're not. Be real. Listen. Listen, if you're trying to be someone you're not, you're always going to be under the stress because you can't really be who God has made you to be. You're always an underachiever. I'm trying to be like this person. God's not made you that person. God's made you, you. The fear of being exposed who you really are breeds insecurities. Somebody's going to find out who you really are. You're going to manipulate people to get them to think that you are someone else and elevating and embellishing, working the angles to have a presentation of falsehood. That's not what God made you. He didn't make you to do that. He didn't want, he doesn't need your help to prop up you so he can use you. (laughs) No. Right where you're at, where you live, your address, and your experiences, he wants to use you right there. God wants to use you as he has made you. And there's great freedom and peace that comes with that. What more could say about this? But Let's take these two thoughts home today. God wants to use us. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. And it's by the mercy of God. By the mercy of God. And secondly, God will use me, he will use you as we are. Me as me and you as you. Be real, be authentic, transparent. This is who you are, this is how God made you, and this is how he wants for you to be, and he will take that, and amazing things will happen through that. God can use anyone if we let him. Would you bow your heads in prayer, please, this time? Have you ever told God, God, I'm yours. I surrender. I want you to use me. Maybe there's a young person here this morning. You're at the crossroads of life, where you're going to be. How about just being God's lady, God's man? God use me. I'm I'm here. Perhaps there's a, a parent, adult, grandparent. I'll say, God use me to be a, the right kind of parent or grandparent. God used me to be that servant. Today, I give my life. I commit it to you as a follower of Jesus Christ to be open to be used of you anyway, anywhere, anyhow, God. Heavenly Father, you are a compassionate and merciful God. And you are a God that is real, it's authentic, and transparent. We love that about you. Now, Father, we want to be used of you. Father, we give ourselves to you at this moment. Who we really are, our past, our present, and whatever the future may look like. How we are made, how we are wired, we are yours for you to use for your glory. In the name of the one who is full of grace and truth, Jesus Christ. Amen.